Praise God, praise God. So much of God's assurance in terms of protection for the righteous, protection, security, blessing, prosperity, destiny that is guaranteed. Many, many words here. We can just isolate and take out a verse at a time. It gives tremendous strength because we're also assured of God's vengeance on those who hate him. They refuse to receive his love. And furthermore, they work evil. They they actually do evil, workers of iniquity. And it begins with, fret not. King James and the New King James, as we've been reading. Fret not. We look at the NLT, it says, don't worry about the wicked or seek after what they have. Don't, don't look at them. A believer has to train himself and herself to not look at that which is not from God. Because we can be baited because of some attraction some reasoning that look how they got rich or how they made it, how well they're doing. But the question is, as Pastor Kripa taught recently, where is that prosperity coming from? Is it prosperity after all? Ultimately. And it's uh, not easy if we don't hear God's word and we don't have the fear of God and we don't train ourselves. We may have these wandering eyes. Not that we're looking for something, but they are easily that which is superficially nice or prosperous. It really takes training, especially if we have an affinity for certain things. For example, those who uh, are very much into music, it's something that you do. Over the years, when we leave that life of serving the devil, being with the world, and we become born again sincerely, genuinely, we can revert back to that, be uh, lukewarm. We can still be attracted by those things. And the reality is, God wants us to know this can happen. And we could say, well, we need to be on guard, but why? After all, it's just a love song. It's it's just, I mean, there's nothing bad in it. It's just a, a person expressing his or her love for another person. And, you know, they may not be married within the context of the song, but I don't have to take it that way. I, I, I can apply it to uh, my relationship, maybe my marriage. And this is the thing that we need to be careful about because uh, we may catch ourselves not willing to know the truth of the whole matter, how God feels about it. Ultimately, we only are concerned about one thing. If we really, really love the Lord and fear Him, want to follow Him and do His will and be in the light as He's in the light. 
And that is to know what God thinks. What does God think about this? That's all. That causes many people to venture out into seeking refuge in life. To gather people around, even Christians who are very sympathetic and empathetic and, um, you know, instead of telling the other believer, you're in the wrong, you're on dangerous ground here. They go and do their hair. They go and say, let's, let's go out and, uh, eat. Let's talk man to man. Never mind the God man in the middle of the conversation, the Lord Jesus. It's about, you know, what I think and what you think. It's too much about what I think and what you think today in Christian circles. That's why everybody sings together, S-I-N-K. The whole boat sinks. But what does God think? Do we really care? If not, we will be jealous of who? Evildoers. We'll be worried. We'll be worried and we'll be jealous. What a combination. Fret not. Don't be burning on the inside. Look at them. Look at them. Look at what they have. And what about me? And do that. How did you get that? Good for you. Well, I, I can barely make my rent, maybe, or my mortgage. And look at this person. They have two or three houses. How does a believer feel when they hear that? Quote, unquote. How should we feel? We should feel grieved, not at their success, but at the deception that's there under the guise of success. At the same time, we shouldn't be envious. There are people who know the truth. And Satan somehow has a place in their heart and mind that while they know the truth and they seem like truth and orthodox and they're going to speak the truth, but there's a desire also. have. Yeah, I like that. In the Lord, we will know that, you know, Lord, I haven't been disciplining myself or training myself. I haven't watched my thoughts. I have the Bible. I'm born again. I'm with people who love God. And uh, how much of how much of that self-regulation is there? Is it even in the picture when it comes to my attitude and my thoughts? Do we ever evaluate these things? How do I feel about my neighbors? Talking in context here in Psalm 37 of when we see the people that and particularly the people who are outright wicked, they seem to be having a great time. Be like David and other psalmists, we say, even Jeremiah, what did I do? Well, why am I going through this? Well, we have more knowledge. The trials make us stronger, truly. Our trials come to test a good thing, to know the truth about 
who we are and how we are. Our trials give us an opportunity to pass the test, to get the crown from God. Blessed is that man that endures temptation form of life, it says in the book of James. When he rolled through trials of various kinds, and we endure the trial and the temptation, the Bible says the Lord has promised certain things to the ones who really love him, trust him through the storm, through the down periods, through the time of financial difficulty and sickness and all kinds of things happening. To hold on to the Lord and know that he is good. Yes, he is good. He has come in through the side. It can just come as we look with our eyes if we are not able to control our thoughts behind the eyes. It's in the Old Testament that is very and uh, the way it's worded, it's quite potent. The Lord says about Israel this prince of God, these people of God, treasured possession, Israel, El, God. He said, there are times in the history when they went a whoring, W-H-O-R-I-N-G, after their, does anybody know the final word in that phrase? They went a whoring after their Somebody's unmuted. I'm not sure if they're trying to. Praise, praise the Lord. Is it desires? It's got very close. Okay. Very close, actually. The the word is eyes. They went to whoring after their eyes. In other words, what had such their whole attitude, the insides would just went after it. Cast off the Lord from them. I want it, I want this now. That's a state where we need to be careful that we don't fall under or into. Not only comparing ourselves with other people all the time, but worse, being envious that who? This in his word for me. That's the attitude we must have. Read the word or hear the word. Put this in his word for me because he gave me the whole love letter. 66 books. 1,189 chapters in excess of 31,000 verses in the English language. Every bit of that letter is for me, including Psalm 37. So this burden and the worry and the anger blazing. In other words, there's no rest. There's no rest within the believer. And beloved, isn't it true that we can be busy and go from one thing to the next because we're, we're pressed for time or we're preoccupied or we never get to stop and evaluate what am I thinking? It's easier for us to say to someone else, what were you thinking? Rather than say, what, what am I thinking? Why am I thinking this? And what is my attitude? Am I right? Am I doing right by God? 
how do I see the neighbors? And how do I see the wicked man? How do I see the people who are prospering who don't know God? What should my attitude be? Well, the rest of the chapter repeatedly informs us by the Spirit of God speaking to us that know this for sure, that person may look like a green tree flourishing, spreading itself, but it'll be cut down. In particular, he's talking about the people who are W-I-C-K-E-D. Not just a person who doesn't know God, maybe they're ignorant, maybe they do have problem, you know, with the selfish desires, but not to the degree where they're looking to harm people or persecute believers, blaspheme God. You see, there are different degrees. And God is very just. He knows exactly to what degree a person is wicked. And when we see the wicked prosper, God said, don't worry, my child. You may be going through a hard time, or you may be wondering how come they're prospering, especially as believers. You see, back in the time of the Psalms, people didn't have the revelation we have. Basically have everything. And you know, although there are growth stages in the Christian life, because we have everything in the Word of God, we are expected to be able to spot the symptom and be done with it. Because we have the New Testament, we have everything, quote-unquote, the full revelation, doesn't mean that we can't have these symptoms. The Psalms are still applicable. And the rest of the Old Testament. Because the New Covenant came doesn't mean that the whole Old Covenant is gone, meaning the word of the covenant, the ceremonial laws and certain civil laws that applied particularly to Israel, those type of things don't pertain to us in exact practice. However, in principle, many of them do, as the Lord brought it out in Matthew chapter 5, about anger and adultery and such. But the Old Covenant, the, the Old Testament, when we read it, we may come across a descendant of Adam, as well as Cain was. He stepped up and Cain got avenged for his crime. I heard a man without really knowing this young man. God will avenge me even more. You know, to be stuck in Genesis right there, right in the beginning of Genesis. Why? Because the believer has given over to the spirit of vengeance, a spirit of anger, spirit of retaliation, a spirit of impulsive retribution, and a self-justifying spirit. Can a believer go through those emotions? And emotions, of course, because the flesh. And so when we read this, most people have underlined myself and highlighted. We go right to verse 4. It is our promise. Hallelujah. Delight yourself also in the Lord, 
and he will give you the desires of your heart. Hallelujah. God is faithful. If I love the Lord truly, I just love him. And I prove it by staying with him and doing what he says. That's how I prove it. If I do that, the Lord says he desires of my heart. It's similar to Matthew 7, as we saw twice, back to back, virtually, recently. Ask and it shall be given you. To who? The ones who trust him. Which implies one who follows. But if I delight myself in the Lord, I can know for sure. Because if I'm with the Lord, I have desires. And he will certainly grant the godly his or her desires. Because he's playing them. We go to these verses and we go to the next verse. Come trust on him. He'll bring it to pass. Let's be patient. Wait on him. He'll, he'll do it in a spectacular way. Hallelujah. When we think about people or weddings or uh, celebrations, you know, maybe somebody's retirement party, um, house, whatever it is, housewarming, uh, promotion, whatever it is, graduation, Whatever it is, what people do for the children, you see on the, my kid is a graduate, you know, of such and such high school. They're, they're proud, they're happy. And, uh, many, many parents, many families, they, they show that family or familial solidarity. It should, because we, we care about one another, we love each other. But, um, if that's the case with human beings, how will God celebrate? How will God lavish gifts? He is ultimate. He is awesome. He never does things in a small way. Never the bursting out of the net and of anything. He had to care. He had to ask for others to come help. I got such a catch here. I need you guys to come over right now. Oh, isn't he marvelous? And so we... How many of us really understand and apply verse 1? It's a dangerous thing, a common thing, unfortunately, that we tend to focus things we think are more applicable. And many, many people Overlook the works of the how they can creep in. And so the solution is first of all, we need to understand it is a possibility that at any given moment during the course we think in a messed up way. The seed of those thoughts may not manifest immediately. But if it's not taken care of, we may surprise ourselves and end up asking, now why did I do that? How could... But if I'm more and more disciplining myself, and that's the great encouragement for us. God doesn't say, well, now you're in Christ and you don't have to worry about Psalm 37. And No, he's, he's being real. He's saying, he's to... before you watch other people, watch yourself. Because you don't want anything to take root in you. That can grow into something unmanageable. 
You want to make sure your attitude is right toward God, work, toward believers. We need to have that uh, desire to say, Lord, oh, Father, it's probably easier than I can monitor my words and Furthermore, I, I can probably monitor my words if I really try hard far more than I can monitor my thoughts. Thoughts. Then I really need to pay more closer attention to what I'm thinking, what my attitude is. And it's our privilege to come to God and say, Lord, I want to think on what is praiseworthy, of good report, virtuous, true and honest and just. Oh, Father, I don't want to close my eyes for demons as I heard yesterday. That which is lurking around, no, I want to be vigilant, but I want to be full of vitality, thinking God's thoughts. Think God's thoughts? Is it possible for to continually think God's thoughts? Absolutely Yes, but it depends on the Christian. Whether they recognize that they do fall sometimes. When I must monitor me. Jesus said this, what can a man give in exchange for his soul? Don't let it go. Don't let it be scattered. Be grounded in the word and know what you're thinking. Is it all right by God? Actions we can more easily. If somebody feels like stealing, a demon comes in. So take that. They may not go into somebody's pocket. They may be stealing from the government. We may come across the word, maybe get convicted in our hearts, you know, that action. I, I actually did it. You know, I know when I crunched those numbers and when I pressed that button, money, 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 money. God, with a passion. I love my pocketbook with a passion too. Can I have God and money? They seem to go together fine for me. Maybe we can look at the action. You know, I've, I've, I've cheated things I shouldn't have. Oh, you know when a soul gets alone with God? A person may go to a mountain, they may go to their room, a closet. But that meeting with God is so important. Oh, so important. I don't want to hear other people praise me and congratulate me and, and myself feeling good about me when I know God may have a different because of things I've done I bring it to God and I can see that my words may be a little bit more difficult but it must be done what did I say and how did I say it sometimes we can say words it may be one word or one sentence it can cut and us well the pastor's not here those uh, 
more or guess what? I, there are no Christians around me at all. So I can just cut, cut, cut. There are believers who do that. And the person who's sincere, little child or a homeless person, mistreat meaning not maliciously per se, but you know, just uh, the snicker and the attitude, maybe looking down, maybe a, a word that's that we wouldn't use with other people that we think may know. You see the dilemma. Now we go deeper. So what about my thoughts? What was I thinking? I may not do the action, may not speak my tongue, but still inside. So, so Psalm 37, it's talking about a state of internal affair, the actual thought and attitude. He says, don't blaze in anger. Don't be angry and don't be jealous against the workers of iniquity. For they shall soon be cut down like the grass and wither as the green herb. This land thing. sun to cause it to languish and disappear. You trust in the Lord. Do good. Do what's right. Do what's and you will dwell in the land. God will make sure you will survive and thrive. And truly you will be Delight your in the Lord, and He will give you the desires of your heart. What's next? What's next? What do I do? I feel this, and the other person is doing that. What am I doing? Well, if they and the other person people doing the right thing and fulfilling their assignment from God, if that causes me to have a godly kind of process, then you know I should be fulfilling my assignment. It's a good thing. It's a good thing. But to see what they're doing, what they have, and, and I want that. No, I, I want exactly what they're doing. not good. People cross roads and doing this at one time, I feel like I should do that. I feel like isn't it better to do something rather than nothing? Not if it's outside the will of God that will actually test the way. And yet, in love first, he, oh, believers have lived the victorious life, can tell God will surely fulfill Everything you've ever desired 
that is good for you in life. So we never have to feel this. The devil can bring those things. As I mentioned, the the desire that we may be provoked to consider, you know, other people are achieving, they're godly people, they're doing the right thing. You know, that one prayed and they're faithful in their tithes, faithful in their prayers, faithful in doing the right thing. They evangelize. Look, look what they got. A promotion. Look at him. He got what they're doing. Well, it's good for us to look at that. Not because I want to compete, but because I know be better. He has a plan for me. Certain positions that you never thought to expand God's kingdom. And for others, he wants you to pursue certain avenues. And But it all comes down to whether I delight myself in him because I can make a I can I can go on a course of action based upon my reasoning and other people's in the way the wind blows, jump on it while it's hot, as I say, and get burned. In the Lord that person may seem like a loser. What? Man, you've been trusting God for 25 years for a child of your own? Your wife? I don't think it's going to happen. I'm sorry, Abraham. It's a long time. I know some people, I mean, my cousin, they didn't have a It took a, a long four years, boy. They had to wait every year just the one. But you? Brother, it's been 13 years and you're not exactly the young uh, athletic guy I knew you to be before, if you know what I mean. The period of waiting, he was adding credit in heaven. Who could see that? Who could ever see that? From the outset, this, this man... You know, he may be successful in other things, but he's, he's, he's a loser over here. Isaac, you're going from town to town trying to establish something. Look, they keep messing with you and you just, why don't you try something? Because maybe you should go on your, there came a day when he had a hundredfold. But you know what he was doing? Just like his dad. He was building credit. Where? In heaven's bank account. How? And Abraham believed God and it was credited to his account, credited to him as righteousness. When a person is righteous before God because they trust God and they follow his plan, they won't, no matter how tempting it is and how good it looks, even when people who are well-meaning say, jump on this now, they may smile and thank them for their love and interest and everything. You know what they do? I have to go with God about this. I really do. And if they have godly leaders, 
more mature believers, if there are no other godly leaders, they are wise to consult with those people while they seek God themselves. We heard often about Zacharias and Elizabeth. What do we do? Brother and sister, maybe you're single, maybe you're married. Where are you? How do you feel about your life? About what you have gained or lost? How do you feel about what you are achieving or not achieving at the moment? What are your dreams and what do you want to do? And what maybe some are saying, I I really don't know. I don't know. That's a good start. It's better than I know exactly what I'm going to do and I'm going to do it no matter what. And yet, it's not the best. It's the start. It should be full confidence in God. 100% confidence in His promises. God who spoke the word cannot lie. He said, you delight yourself and that's what I'm going to do for you. Hallelujah. He will give the desires of our heart. He's proven it to me, personally to me, when I was in limbo, it seemed. Graduated and didn't have a job and wondering and in me. And I'm seeing other people. From that, I was trying to find my way. I had a lot of questions and a lot of desires and a lot of fields I wanted to enter into. I tried different things. and I, I was hardworking. And I thought I can achieve in these fields. I really felt and I, I would have actually. I would have. But I would have lost God. Praise God, God didn't help me to go in those bad. It just wasn't God's will. But we can feel like that. I wish I had counsel back then. But there's something inside us that keeps coming, you know, now and then, maybe for people more often. All we have to do is say, Father, I'm just going to keep my eyes on you. Do what you say, Lord. Keep myself morally pure, separate sinners. That's what it says in the Bible. Separate from sinners, Jesus Christ, and all who follow him. doesn't mean you don't say hi and you don't have to work with these people and different things, but you just don't fellowship with them. You can't. Because now you will compromise the light. They'll drag you down. But if you stand like a city that's set on a hill, they will come up to you. You've got to maintain the standard. But the one who delights himself or herself in the Lord, God promises and guarantees. Don't don't let the feelings get the better of you. Don't let the suggestions that you think is from your own mind because you're looking at your track record and your past and what you're doing now and what you're achieving. Remember, when you're with me, you think my thoughts because that's from the devil. It's really not even you. He wants you to own those things. Reject it. You're with me. You cannot fail. I failed before. I was known as a failure, perhaps, to many people. Or even if other people thought I felt like a failure because of I didn't get what I wanted. I didn't appear the way I wanted to appear. 
Other people can come try to console me and say, you're the best, you love you. Something inside that says, no, I, I didn't measure up to what I thought I, I wanted to. No. Whatever the case, God says, you're with me. You cannot fail. It's impossible for the boat that Jesus is in. Hallelujah. 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 He is in the boat with every believer. But the word is there as a compass and as a navigation tool. Tell what? Keep our eyes fixed on the captain. In this scenario, it's not the weather. The Lord. Eyes on him. There's a guarantee that God will fulfill everything and exceed what we ever thought. What a, what a wonderful life. You know, at the end of life, when a person knows they're going to cross over into eternity to sit or a mountain, so to speak, and take a survey of their lives and see, you know, I was a miserable failure, right? See that hill over there? A little mountain? Yep. Yeah. As I started from out there, at, at age such and such, a year so and so, month so and so, that's where I landed over there. All behind there was a devastation. It was like, savaged everything in my life. It was a mess. But from that point, you see that there? That's when things started turning. And praise God, all that past, it's not coming to my record, hallelujah. What's coming is from that point that I trusted in the Lord for real. And I'm satisfied. Hallelujah. I'm, oh, I'm satisfied. Oh, how many people die? They get to their deathbed. No satisfaction. Things gnawing at them. They know. Conscience is not clear. They did wrong. Never made up for it. Never confessed it to the Lord. Never made restitution. Now, they may have been coasting for a while. Dinner parties and money, lavish, this and that. But now, the moment of truth. Demons come. And they say, it's payday. You got to pay your dues. Gripped with horror. Wasted the time. Never got right with God. Sad to say it happens. Let us be the people who are there like a majestic, noble child of the king. Looking back and saying, Oh, I see God's hand here. You see that point by the brook? That's my father's hand right there. See over there? That, that was my father. That's the Lord guiding me. This is what he did when I got to that point. This, Yeah, I had missiles being thrown at me from the devil. Lots of battles. In fact, it got worse. More attacks than ever since I became a believer, a real believer, especially since I got filled with the Holy Spirit. I was public enemy number one for hell, but... Chunk chair. This shield of faith, God just had me raise up. Nothing could touch me. My soul is intact. I'm ready to meet my Lord. Ha. Trust in the Lord. Do the right thing. Evaluate not only my actions. I need to evaluate my words. Especially the hidden part. My very thoughts. My very attitude. It's been very more. Bring it out before the Lord. Why am I doing this?
do I really like that person? What am I going to do? But when I get an opportunity to cut them down, I take advantage of it. Oh, it may be subtle. It may be sarcastic. It may be kind of information type of thing, but I want to cut them down. A lot of hatred and bitterness, things that we leave unchecked, and we think we're clean. We need all of that to go, to be 100% spotless before the Lord. Rest in the Lord. Now, before that, says, Anisha, bring forth thy righteousness as the light and thy judgment as the noonday. During these fasting prayer days, as every season we have fasting prayer, God uncovers layer after layer. And we become the better for it. Praise God. Oh, we should be able to say, look back on last time we had a 21-day fasting. Even if it was for a different, primarily, it's still a work in our hearts to get us ready for whatever God has for us. So we should say this. If we can say there's been no progress, I've gone backwards, and we need to repent of that and say, Lord, I'm not going to do this time. This fasting prayer, Lord, I'm going to get everything you want me to get. I'm going to walk more like you, Lord. More like you. Rest. And before that, the righteousness. He shall bring forth your righteousness as the light and your judgment as the noonday. God will clear us. The judge of all judges. When he says innocent, not guilty. That's what will stand forever. This as we get is through the blood. But it's also innocence in my hands, what I do. Rest in the Lord, verse 7. Wait patiently for him. Don't fall into the trap of getting all upset and worked up and worrying and even envying. You know your father is faithful. And keep your eyes on him. Rest in the Lord and wait patiently for him. He will come. He will come and do what he said. Fret not thyself because of him who prospereth in his way. Because of the man who brings wicked devices to pass. You know, one sign of basic Christian maturity, basic level. For many, many believers, many churches, it'll be a sort of elitist. You know, this is like a really high level Christianity. Wow. Is it? That is when we, as I mentioned in the beginning, when we know the source of somebody's happiness, quote-unquote happiness, source of somebody's prosperity, or excess, material gain, uh, they're flaunting it all over and everybody's, you know, attracted to it. Look at her hair. Look at the rings on his hand. Look at, oh my goodness. We need to catch ourselves. We need to catch ourselves sometimes. Because we may be in admiration of that which was not from God. You see? A person who is a believer may have been a sports car enthusiast. I mean, their whole life, all about sports cars, everything, the ins and outs, everything about it in magazines. And they came to Christ and they realized all of that is vanity. And yet, Perhaps they have a skill and a talent and maybe uh, God can use that to help other people in some way. And here comes this 
dream car into the neighborhood, or they happen to see it on the highway. Eyes turn and they're, they're gripped. All of a sudden, they're gripped. They don't even think about it. They're amazed. They're shocked. Well, that's the dream car. At the very moment, the sign of basic Christian maturity is the person is able to stop right there and say, wait a minute. Could that person who's driving that be a Christian? What are the chances? Usually very slim. But even if it was, what is that to me anyway? In other words, am I so wrapped up emotionally and volitionally that it's so attractive to me? I'm headed for glory. And unless I'm called to rebuild or renovate these cars or do something for God with that, then I need to be careful because even though it may appear to be neutral, I'm not dreaming about it every day, there's an opportunity for me to check my balance. You see? Emotions are indicators of our spiritual balance many times. It's better to seek to practice that evenness. That doesn't mean we don't have joy, we don't burst out in spontaneous praise and thanksgiving, but at what? That's the question. What really thrills me and what should I watch out for? Because I have a history with it, you see? Praise be to God. Rest in the Lord and wait patiently for Him. Fret not thyself because of Him who prospereth in His way. Because of the man who bringeth wicked device to pass. I got an email the other day, perhaps some of you got it. NFL athlete. They have him up for the so-called death penalty. I'm not sure if it's actually the execution or they're saying because he's not getting the medical treatment. He has concussions and the syndrome and big research into that and that he's gonna, he can die without treatment. He, he did something. He shot somebody and they said he had a neurotic condition and he didn't do it on purpose to the lady who was shot survived and she basically said, I hold nothing against him. You know, he, he didn't do it on purpose. He doesn't have a record, but the state, I believe, wants to just keep him locked in and increase the charges and deprive him of the medical treatment he needs. Wait, think about that. And I thought how football has such a good light in so many people's eyes, like boxing or some other things, sports car racing. How, how many times people risk their lives? To do something. But is the achievement really, does the end that I've got it now, I've done it, you know, I got this contract, millions and millions. Used to be a, you know, a nobody somewhere. Now I made it big. Is it worth gambling my health and my life potentially? And it seems I had some 15 NFL stars or athletes brains donated. They're gone to do this research about the concussions. Just think about life. All our values must be held dear. But we see Christ. Those should be up front anytime we see anything with the eyes or hear anything with our ears. Because you know what? It'll, it'll rob our rest. It'll rob our rest in the Lord. We need to have that deep rest. We need to have peace. We need to have rest. 
We need to have contentment. These three words came to me a few weeks ago, and I mentioned it, I think, in prayer, maybe in passing in one of the... They're tied together, but they're distinct also. I, I want to always have this deep peace within me. I, I want to remember that I am human. Emotions, and I, I do see, I have sensory faculties that these must be kept under control. If I find myself exerting something that is spontaneous, not premeditated, has the handles or the reins, but me, no other person. I have the reins. The spirit of the prophet is subject to the prophet. But it's also true for the Christian. Walk in perfect self-control. It's a process, but my God, if I don't know that it's possible and it's required, will I ever try? Will I ever, ever pay attention to that? Many of you can testify. You never even knew such a thing existed. You had to be responsible for that. You thought, well, God's taking care of me. And so impulsively we do many But God is showing us step by step. No matter what, back to balance. And the quicker we do it, the better. And the best thing is not to get out of balance at all. See? That's a greater step. So these are possible stages God wants us. We have to love God and thank Him for that. Praise you, Lord, that I can be like this. Oh, hallelujah. Be all over the place and up and down, roller coaster, and suddenly, ooh, you know, and, and, and go off in the wrong direction rather than bring myself back. Yeah, I'm human and maybe this has an attraction for me. Nothing bad per se, but I don't want anything to get my attention to the point that I forget God or all of a sudden his plan becomes a secondary thing. No, no, no. His will is primary. So I, I bring it to the Lord. Peace, rest, contentment. And peace within me. This deep rest, Sabbath of Sabbath. Contentment. Why? How can you ever ask anyone, a believer, to maintain peace, rest and contentment within himself or herself when everything's falling apart and, and so many attacks are coming and one after the other. At every level, I feel like I'm falling apart, somebody might say. Because God is greater. Greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. Rest in the Lord and wait patiently for him. Don't get worried and get inflamed because of him who prospers in his way, because of the man who brings wicked devices to pass. Let me mention this. Sometimes when we assign the word to be read certain verses, this is true. Sometimes it's prophetic, Lord, that you're assigned a particular verse that you read. Sometimes, not always. And so it would be good to take that to the Lord. Why did the pastor give me this? How did I fall asleep? I didn't premeditate or decide. It was, it was more just... And some of you know that. 
some of you read the verses with great reverence because you know God had you read that particular verse. It was for you. Some of you read the verse and it's not so much about you, it's about the wicked. God is telling you. I will fight for you. Don't worry. You stay calm. Hallelujah. Cease from anger and forsake wrath. Just abandon that thing. Don't go there anymore. Cease from anger and forsake wrath. Easier said than done for the people who have not walked in the word. But the ones who have begun, they will find it get easier and easier as they delight themselves in the Lord. And keep a check on themselves. Fret not thyself in any wise to do evil. Don't you put your hand in that now. Don't be a partaker with evil people. For evildoers shall be cut off. But those that wait upon the Lord, they shall inherit the earth. For yet, yes, you'll diligently consider his place. You're not going to find him. It's a judgment from God. Time is up. Game over. God is very, very precise and very keen in being just. When mercy is rejected, his judgment comes. When mercy that he offers to every human being, every human being, equal opportunity, that's my God. Isn't he so generous? No human being can match God's generosity and mercy. No one. Hallelujah. He's so good. When we walk with him, we become like him. Because his DNA comes changing. But no one can be like him apart from him. But when his mercy, repeated warnings, repeated blessings and patience and forbearance is just rejected, rejected, rejected. God says there'll come a point where I will step up the punishment and it, it will be something that they cannot bear. What does it do for believers? We lament, we, we're in horror. The Bible says in the New Testament, knowing the terror of the Lord, we persuade people, please come to church. Come to God's presence. God will touch you. God will bless you. Oh, God will do so much more for you. God loves you. And also there's a flood coming. I want you to know that. Sometimes we have to say that. Not all the time. Certain people who may be sarcastic and saying things, yeah, we may have to step it up a little bit and tell them, look, it's not a game. God will lead us. For yet a little while, the wicked shall not be. Yea, thou shalt diligently consider his place, and it shall not be. But the meek shall inherit the earth, and shall delight themselves in the abundance of peace. There's one thing we keep hearing over and over and over and over again, the messages, is be humble, be meek. And it's something that I can look at in my life. I can have an indicator, an index. And the closer I get to God and the more I observe God's presence and his work in people's lives who are following the path, the more I can actually find out where I'm in that scale. You see? And I, I can actually say, well, I, I was here just a little while ago. I thought I was humble, but 
it was barely scratching the surface and I thought I was all that. And now I'm on level one. Hallelujah. No more decimal, no more fraction. I'm I'm on level one. Maybe it goes up to 100, but I'm on. I'm in it to win it. I'm on the first rung. Praise God. Hallelujah. Because maybe for many days I was in the fraction. Not even one. Can you see God gauging that? Heaven looking? Oh, I want heaven's perspective. I really want to know what God thinks. As we begin again, what does God think? That's what I want to know. What does he see? And the beauty is, when you get to one, like Ezekiel in that mighty river, that blessing. Oh, you know, if there's an ankle deep, there must be a knee deep. And if there's a knee deep, there must be a waist deep. If that's the case, it must be a, up my shoulders and neck. In fact, there must be, there must be a, a, a dimension where I, I can actually be completely swimming in this. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Very, very important what I'm sharing. Very important. Help us to become really mighty children of God. I recognize who I really am. What I've achieved and thought I've achieved. And I see God saying, come on. Come on. More. You're, you're stumbling here and there. But that's not the end. You're going to be walking soon. Yes, you are. And you're going to be running. Hallelujah. But you got to know that you're not walking now. You see, you're not running. Don't think you're running when you're not. I've got to know that. When that athlete is batting wrong, everything's wrong. The swing is wrong. He doesn't know how to knit swing from, starts from the feet, just like a boxer. And it's got to go up to the knees and the twist from the, the hip and the rotation and it culminates as a, there's a force that's accruing that'll launch itself in that swing. But if he starts from the top, he's not using his body. And if he thinks, wow, I, I'm great today because I only struck out a few times. I managed to connect the ball with the bat, or the bat with the ball. Coach will say, no, no, no. I'm glad, you know, you're, not, you're in here, but you, you need to understand the mechanics. And this is how you start, you, you know. I don't admit that. If I don't see that, how can I ever get away? Now, the guy says, this is really hard. It's like driving, you know. Um, I got to plant my feet here and I got to watch out what I do. The ball of my foot and my my, my knee to twist. Oh, coach, this is really hard. I mean, I feel like a robot piece by piece. And that's how it will be, you see. Because you're just starting. You're just learning. How do you be humble? I, mean, I feel myself wanting to explode. It's not a good thing. It's not an admirable thing at all. It's not enough to say, well, I didn't explode when I could have easily. Just about a week ago. It's good, but it's not enough. I shouldn't explode at all. But the meek shall inherit the earth and shall delight themselves in the abundance of peace. The wicked plotteth against the just and gnasheth upon him with his teeth. He wants to just chew that righteous person up. 
shall laugh at him. He's going to look at the wicked and say, look at this puny thing. Dare come against my child? I mean, if that's not what it means, what does that laugh mean? In Psalm 2, it says the Lord shall have them in derision. It means scorn them. For he seeth that his day is coming. Imagine if somebody would show these verses to people who are malicious. Look at this. God's not playing games. Payday's coming. Get on his good side while you can. The wicked have drawn out the sword and have bent their bow to cast down the poor needy and to kill such as be of upright conversation. Forces in this world move against us. Sometimes bizarre. We think, how did, how did, why are they against me? Because of the, he knows God is doing a great work in you. He's, they try to not only rain on your parade, but they'll come and threaten you with missiles, guns. They try to flatter you. They try to put fear in you. But perfect love casts out all fear. Their sword shall enter into their own heart. And their bow shall be broken. God's not playing. He said the very weapon they're trying to put into your heart is going to go right back into there. Notice it's not polished. Do you notice that? The language of scripture. You don't see God saying the wicked is going to pay for his crime. And I, I will, I, I, I promise I will, uh, give him a, a good beating. And I, I will push him away somewhere, you know, put him in a prison somewhere, be dark and gloomy, one meal a day. No, he says their sword shall enter their own heart and the bow shall be broken. God is powerful, all powerful. And he's fully just and he's fully faithful. We can depend upon him for the believer, whoever rises up against you, God says, he will take them to task for that. He will destroy them if they don't repent. Because they're coming against God when they're coming against his family. A little that a righteous man has is better than the riches of many wicked. I began saying before how we view things. We get to walk with God. The very things that attracted us, I'm talking about neutral things now. I'm not talking about uh, downright, outright wicked things. Those things are already disgusting to the believer. should be, and we should cultivate that more and more and hang out with people who are genuinely disgusted with evil. Not just say it, try to be orthodox and jump on the bandwagon, you know. I'm with people who talk, pastors who speak against that, and, you know, this church knows uh, where we stand. And I'm going to jump on that and act like I'm holy too. No, people who are sincerely, you won't be. Who, they're really disgusted at evil, number one. But the maturity is this, that when the neutral things come to grab my attention, because I know the source of that, you see, Satan won't come many times. Say, look, drink this or do this. Bad thing. They'll come with something that is neutral and when my emotions get out of hand because of that thing, I get attracted, enamored with it, pulled by it, I can get into trouble. So, when I know the source, 
of even a quote-unquote neutral thing, Holy Ghost within me must treat it with a, as an abomination. You see? When a road or a plan or a path is offered to a believer. Very lucrative. Very economical, wise. Everybody jumping on it. It's a good thing, good investment. And and the man or the woman who's presenting that offer is, is really nice. Seem very sincere. And they give you their business card. And it says Black Widow Consultant. Or Cobra's Unlimited. We are about business. In various ways and degrees, no. It's from Satan. Now you're on the verge of signing something and doing something. How many believers have the character and love for God to say, whoa, God is just, you know, God may show it uh, at a late stage. See, you know, after you build up all your hopes and everything, desires, not because he doesn't want you to be happy. He's trying to protect you, but he wants to know where's your loyalty. How badly do you want something? We're so good in, especially when you stand to lose something. If you don't act now before you miss this offer, act now before you lose this and or even a threat. Oh, just say, my God won't fail me. My God won't fail me. He's showing me something right now. This is not by coincidence. Something's not right. And, and look to God for the answer to give to the person, no matter what the pressure is. To tactfully sometimes, we have to say bluntly, if they pressure. But to get yourself out of that. You see? That which seems to be neutral, when I know that God is indicating he's not in this, I must treat it like the plague and it must become an abomination to me. That's when you know a believer is starting to mature. Psalm 37 says the righteous man has is better than the riches of many wicked. Contentment? What price can you put on it? Only God can give that. I keep that intact. Not be like a yo-yo up and down and emotional roller coaster and don't, I don't know. I'm con- yeah, we, we start out because we're learning, but we need to know that I'm not meant to struggle like this and be. I want to get strong, Lord. And it's going to take me to have some discipline over me. And God will come and help when he sees that we're serious about that. And you know what? God will make you strong enough to guide many, many people out there in the Christian world who are making rods with them and looking at the end result and saying, see, I told you. Ha ha, I'm laughing all the way to the bank. But where'd you get it? How did you get it? Did you even consider it? Is it God? 
or is the devil, or is it just you? A righteous man, a little that a righteous man has is better than the riches of many wicked. For the arms of the wicked shall be broken, but the Lord upholdeth the righteous. As we're hearing the word, the word is why everybody, including me. We're continually being washed by the word, you see? God is helping us to keep him in the center when we hear the word every time. At the same time, he's look at this mirror as we're hearing it. The Lord knows the days of the upright and their inheritance shall be forever. Not be put to shame. They should not be ashamed in the evil time. When things get dark and everybody's wailing and they're running, they're holding on to their assets and they're trying to do things, you know, they're, they're in a frenzy. The storm's coming. We need to be wise and prepare like the ants, but we're not fretting. We're not in a frenzy. All we have to do is what God says. And sometimes God may have us do things differently. When everybody's doing one way of preparing, God may say, don't do like the general public. I want you to do it this way. Well, who's going to hear God? The one who's been delighting himself in God. He's the one that God will reveal his plan to. We need to cultivate this work. We need to till the soil. We need to let the word of God come in and break up the fallow ground and take root so that we understand what am I doing? How am I behaving? What's my attitude? Do I have a generic type of faith, which is no root? Do I have a strong faith rooted in God's word? The Lord knows the days of the upright and their inheritance shall be forever. What man can buy a land, you know, buy property? I mean, some of these big stars, they have acres and acres in Montana and different places. The British so-called Christian pop star is fully secular before. It's sad. It's a compromised life, but he has uh, acres of vineyards in another land. Very lucrative. But what's going to happen? He's so old. He's going to be gone. I mean, he had a wonderful adventure, enjoying life. All the riches and fame worldwide for decades, but he's going to be gone soon. All of that investment. He may have his name there. Somebody cares to keep it there, but it's not forever. No inheritance is forever. Only the one that God gives, and that's what we want. They should not be ashamed in the evil time, and in the days of famine they should be satisfied. But the wicked shall perish, and the enemies of the Lord, like the splendor of the meadows, shall vanish into smoke. They shall vanish away. The wicked borrows and does not repay. Righteous shows mercy and gifts. Now we shouldn't be prudish and try to be overly righteous. If the person we owe or the institution, they say, you don't have to pay. We say, no, I, ins- I insist on paying. I demand that you receive my payment. I'm going to walk over and stuff this here and God just gave you grace. Be polite and humble and thankful and praise God. Now, if we lie to get that, 
tree uh, clearance. That's wrong. But if we are honestly speaking and to do the right thing and all of a sudden God drops this tremendous grace and frees you from that obligation through the people or the institution, whoever it is, you say, praise God Almighty. Thank you, Lord. But a person who doesn't want to prepay, they, they're intending to steal and scam and play poor when they're really not. We're being dishonest. That's being wicked. But, but the righteous shall, for those blessed by him shall inherit the earth. For those cursed by him shall be cut off or destroyed. The steps of a man are ordered by the Lord. The steps of a man are ordered by the Lord. The word good is in italics, meaning it's not there in the original. But it's understood. The man whose way is ordered by God has to be the one who's walking with him. So they added that word for clarification. Steps of a good man. A good man, a person who does the right thing, a good woman, a good child. God will make that course to be perfect. They're established from Yahweh. He will delight in his way. Though he fall, he should not be utterly cast down. For the Lord upholds him with his hand. I have been young and I'm old. Even being battered, so many things happening one time, one thing after the other. What's going to happen? What is happening? It's like a whirlwind that Job faced in his life, just coming to take everything. Sometimes believers go through that. Sometimes we feel like no matter what, there's always a battle, always a battle. It doesn't mean we don't have rest if we're connected with the vine. In the heat of the battle, the Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego were in the heat of a furnace that was heated up seven times more, so much so that the men who carried them, they died just being near the flame. They didn't even touch the flame. They certainly weren't thrown into the flame. These men were thrown right into the midst of it. Not a hair was singed. It came out without even the smell of smoke. God is able to do that for us. And that's our experience. Some of us can testify. It has been happening. We're not fallen. God has been sustaining us. And we're going to rise and shine. I have been young and now I'm old. Yet have I not seen the righteous forsaken nor his descendants begging bread. Many, many people are very worried about the economy, finances, provision. There's some people, I mentioned years ago, another believer who certainly wasn't walking properly with God, was about to have a child in his wife. His words to me were, along with his colleagues at work, 
another hungry mouth to feed. No joy, you know, there's a child that God is giving to be a weapon in the hands of God and an arrow in my quiver and a blessing. It's a blessing of the Lord. It's the fruit of the womb that's a reward from God. What do you have to say? Well, he has three other children. So he said, it's uh, this many years ago. Another hungry mouth to feed, you know. I'm losing hair over this. I got to work overtime. You're Christian? I've been young. And I'm old. All my life, I've never seen people who are righteous, abandoned by God. That's what he's saying. Nor are their children ever in need where they don't have provision. God is faithful. He is ever merciful and lends, and his descendants are blessed. In Psalm 112, we qualities of the righteous man and how his children are flourishing in the earth. God is able to make them shine because that man, one of the qualities of the righteous person is he's merciful, kind, and his descendants are blessed. Depart from evil and do good and live forever. Easy formula, one one verse. Depart from evil, do good, live forever. That's all you have to do. What do I have to do to get to heaven? What do I have to do? We need the blood of Jesus. And when we appropriate it, we leave all that is wicked and hold on to what is good. The literal version says, turn away from evil and do good, live forever. Every, every point at which evil is calling you. Now I have to say this and I've said it. Yesterday, I believe, recently. Know what spirit is operating through another believer. Doesn't matter where it is, where that person is. It could be across the world, it could be right here. Know, know what spirit is operating through your fellow believer. Seek to know if you don't know. It's the first step. Lord, I want to know. Because you'll be protecting yourself and possibly them also. And that you won't fuel the fire that they're already in the midst of. Because they are disobedient, deceptive. We can never say, oh, the devil's not going to come near here anymore. He'll come, but we can repel him every time. We ought to if we're banded together tightly. As the army of God should be. That means none of us have an open door to any demon. But sadly... Often that's not the case. And so whereas we shouldn't be suspicious all the time or paranoid, we need to be real. As we have seen, tremendous harm done. When a sheep ventured to do his or her own thing, and the process won't be happy because the de- demon within or the demon operating will try to bring others with them to take more down. But the believer who's wise will know, okay, something's not right here. I'm on full alert. You know what else? I'm going to go to my spiritual parents. I'm going to go to the shepherds. I'm going to go to God. I'm going to do whatever is necessary to make sure I'm in the clear. And I'm going to be praying. Lord, please recover my brother, my sister, 
they're not doing good spiritually. You remember what Pastor Christopher said also? That person could be reading the Bible and praying and quoting scripture and singing worship songs and giving testimonies and even speaking in different places. Fully led by the demons. We've heard enough on that topic, so we won't go further into that. But we need to know that. God's word warns us, test the spirits. Know what's happening. And pray diligently that, as it says in the book of James chapter 5 in the end, pray diligently, do the right thing, that the person may be recovered. And we have spoken many, many times, the word has been preached as to the indicators when you know somebody's not doing good spiritually. One of the manifestations is they will be not connected to the vine. How are you supposed to know that? One indicator is they won't be with the family. It'll be sporadic and because when you think about it, unless somebody's really sick, even then, a person may be on in the bed like we were in the hospital before a couple of years ago, different times. We had the phone on during the meetings, the fasting prayers. Many of you, you go through things, you're coughing, you're feeling horrible and you may not be able to speak or hardly stand, but you try everything you can to be connected. We stay connected because we know it's when that one deer steps away that the lion is able to pounce on. That connection is very important to be where God's presence is working. That's an indication. Another indication is loose mouths. Little hints and innuendos and different things. You, know, you can pick up. This is not sounding spiritual. I mean, it's not. In the spirit, it may sound spiritual in their understanding, but it's not leading me close to the spirit. In fact, they're secretive about certain things. Doesn't mean that somebody's saying, you know, I want you to keep this a secret, don't tell anybody. It may just be the way they're acting. How did you feel? Brother, sister, it's a question for everybody. If ever in your life you did something that you knew God wasn't happy with, did you feel like coming closer to God or running away? When actually we want to run away further because like Cain, we feel like, well, I messed up and I don't know if I can get back and I don't know if I want to get back. In fact, it's too hard. It's God probably doesn't like me now and all these wicked thoughts from Satan. So we need to know that that can be replicated in other believers. So if we, as a loving family member in the family of God, understand these things, we'll be able to do the right thing in that situation, you see, which is don't have any part with it unless you become an accomplice and help the person to walk away from God. We're not talking about people who say, you know what, as we had in the past, come here, the presence of God is too hot in here. The fire. God is flowing, wonderful, you know, it's outstanding, but I can't be here. You know why? Because they have sin in their lives and they don't want to give it up. So they don't show up anymore. In that regard, we, we don't compel anybody. But if it's a brother and sister, genuinely, they really love God. You've seen God work in their lives. They want to serve God, but they have been dis- 
deceived. There's some demon that's come in, causing them to do what? Be independent, like Eve. And all host of suggestions are coming from Satan. They think they're fine. They want to tell everybody they're fine. And you know they're not fine. What do you do? Because you love them. Because God's love is in you. God's spirit is in you. You begin to pray. Double up your prayers. You don't need to go and preach to them necessarily. But you start praying with a passion. God will hear your prayers. And help that brother or sister to recover. Not when you play. Buddy, buddy with them while they're astray. Very, very vital things to note. To keep each other accountable and strong. Let's go to. This is not for one person or two people or five people. This is a general exhortation and warning for everyone because this is how Satan, one of the ways he operates. And we want to expose that. We have to expose that. It's our job. And we want to know exactly as we heard what we're supposed to be doing when we pick that up. For the Lord loves justice. And does not forsake his saints. They are preserved forever. But the descendants of the wicked shall be cut off. The righteous shall inherit the land and dwell in it forever. The mouth of the righteous speaks wisdom. And his talk talks of justice. The law of his God is in his heart. When the kid is playing in the sandbox... I can tell you from my own experience as a nine, eight, nine-year-old literally playing in the sandbox outside on a sunny summer morning with a new neighbor's kids. Can't say I was very spiritual or anything as a child and just learning. But I, I, I did have the word come to me now and then as little as I was because I went to church and I heard some of the word and my mom used to read the Bible to us and explain some things to us. We prayed together. It wasn't a super spiritual place or anything like that, but but the word was there to do something to my conscience as little as I was. Certain times. You see how important it is to have the word of God in our hearts? It'll keep us from missteps, from sliding down a wrong path. The mouth of the righteous speaks wisdom. Oh, wouldn't you love to have a believer friend like that? A person who keeps speaking the word of God in love with wisdom. We talk to each other, the word of God. In fact, it's not something that's religious, but it's all the, all the day. Talk of God's goodness all the day and whatever we're doing. The law of his God is in his heart and none of his steps shall slide. If you feel alone and you wish for better, You should, you should understand all the peace of heaven is available to you. When you feel alone and you feel like things can be better, the truth is all of heaven's peace is available to you. All of heaven's rest. All of heaven's contentment. That's the truth. I've been there before. I, I just knew that to be true. You see, I always had this, this uh, in front of me all the time. Time. I, I couldn't evaluate God's word or my Christian understanding by my experience. I knew that was a pitfall. 
It always had to be the other way around. Right from my teenage years, I knew there's an objective reality that I need to conform to. If I'm not feeling it, experiencing it, there's a disconnect Connect that's coming from my end. Doesn't mean we don't have longing or desires, Lord. Things need to get better and I, I want to work for that. I'm expecting that. I'm not going to settle until it happens. No, that has to be there. But at the same time, oh, there's a deep rest because of Jesus' face. His lovely, majestic, holy presence. He's with me. He's with me. He's with me. The wicked watches the righteous, verse 32, and seeks to slay him. The Lord will not leave him in his hand, nor condemn him when he's judged. Wait on the Lord and keep his way. And he shall exalt you to inherit the land. God will prosper you. Do the right thing. Wait on him. Don't jump and do anything because of a desire that hasn't been brought to God. Proceed with peace. When the wicked are cut off, you shall see it. Notice that God not only says, if you walk with me, I'll lift you up. Somehow, beloved, can you see this? Over and over and over again, the most dramatic and climactic scene from the whole Bible, perhaps, in terms of Israel's history is the Exodus. And so it is in this verse. verse. Not only is God satisfied to just hug us and guide us, kiss us and keep speaking his wonderful prophecies to us and supplying the strength and watching us grow and to the point where we become very strong and victorious and he's so glad his heart is full of joy. That's how God is. Because he says a human parent, the heart is made glad when the parent has a wise son. The wise son makes a glad father. How much more the heavenly father? But like the Exodus, so in Psalm 37, God says, the Egyptians that you see today, you see no more. God continually makes it a point that his children must view the demise of his enemies. His great power is displayed not only in his keeping power of his children and his promises being fulfilled. His great power in justice and nation against all that is corrupt and putrid in the universe is seen in his destruction of the wicked. We need to have a zeal that my God is coming not only to give me what's due me, but he keeps telling me, I want you to see what I'm going to give them too. Who? The wicked. You know why? One of the reasons God wants us to know, he settles everything. You never have to worry again. Satan being let loose. I'm going to throw him in the lake of fire. It's over. Game over. The wicked that rise up against you in this lifetime, they're planning, they're plotting, they're gnashing their teeth. They don't like when you prosper. They don't want your Jesus. They're not content with that. They want to strike you down and your Jesus. God says, I'm watching. His day is coming. You, you relax now. You, you do what I told you to do. Walk in love. 
But you pray the prayers that I give you. And one of the prayers may be, Lord, break the teeth of the ungodly. It's, it's enough. Right in scripture. It's not a personal vengeance. It's God. They keep coming against you and they keep doing this. And every time you're showing mercy, Lord, they're rejecting it and they're spitting on you. Oh, Father, rise up. At some point, beloved, God's spirit himself will rise up in the believer who's in tune with him. Not say, oh, but I have to love them and I have to fuel their foolishness. God says, love your enemies. So I don't want anything to happen to them now. When God said it'll happen to them because it keeps spitting at them. How do you discern when to act like that? When to pray like that? Only those who really delight themselves in the Lord will know at what point this Holy Spirit will lead them. It won't be a carnal thing. See, people can be carnal. I can pick and choose. Hey, here's a verse from Leviticus and Jeremiah. Look what David said. I can have a topical and, uh, uh, you know, in my calendar as a pastor, we're going to do this now. We're going purely carnal. But if it's from the Spirit of God, something's going to be accomplished because God is behind it. God is saying it's over. How much we can be close to God, we should desire to know the heartbeat of God. Exactly the way He wants me to pray. That's what I want to pray. Not what I think. Because sometimes, sometimes it says in the book of Jude, save some with compassion, others with fear, hating even the garment defiled by the flesh, spotted by the flesh. How do I know which weapon to use, which tool? Only the Holy Spirit can show which stone, like he did with David. I must know my father. I must say, Lord, I have needs. I have desires. Lord, I have longings. Lord, I'm going through a rough time. Oh, God, I don't know what's going on. I'm feeling terrible, Lord. God is there first to cry on his shoulder. Hold us close to his heart. That's how he is. That's how I know my father. But I also know. Something comes into us, rises up and says, Lord, but the most important thing to me is the Father's face. I want to know you, Lord. I want to know the Lord. Jeremiah chapter 9. Let not the wise man boast in his wisdom, nor the rich man boast in his riches, nor the mighty man boast in his might. But let him who boasts, boast in this, that he knows me, the Lord, which exercises loving kindness, judgment. Righteousness in the earth. Lord, through all that I'm going through, all that I need, Lord, oh, Father, help me. Relieve me, Lord. Change things, Lord. The believer that is close with God, in spite of the tremendous weight of certain things, they'll just rise up like a, a bird right to the top. Of that, that tree, the eagle on top of the mountain, right to the place of victory. That, but the main thing I want to do is know you, Father, because the more I know you, the more I'll be able to understand what's going on and how the remedy is going to come from above, from you. You will solve this. Wait on the Lord and keep his way and he shall exalt you to inherit the land. When the wicked are cut off, you shall see it. I have seen the wicked and spreading himself like a native green tree. Yet he passed away and behold, he was no more. I was looking for him diligently, but I, I couldn't find him. 
That's because God's judgment fell. Notice how many times God keeps talking about this. It's not just, you just stick with me, I'm going to tell you all the positive stuff. No, there's a lot of negative things in the Bible. Because that's when we'll know the whole picture. That's when we'll understand our living God and have a healthy fear of Him too. That's when we'll know how greatly He loves us, that He loves me enough to take care of the nuisance in my life. The enemy, the devil, the demons that keep coming harassing, he's going to put an end to all of that. And people will give themselves over to demons to harass me and badmouth me and start trouble with me for no, no reason. I can be sure that God will put an end to that too. Maybe a long time so far, but God will surely put an end to it. Mark the blameless man and observe the upright for the future of that man is peace. King James says the perfect man and I define that perfect and blameless still speak of perfection. The person who's close to God listening to him loving him and talking as I said the other day keep telling God you love him you love him you love him because you really do you can't help but saying it don't we do that people we love it'd be hard pressed to find somebody who really deeply loves somebody and hasn't said I love you for five years. Living in the same home. Wow. No matter what they say, you know, I'm from this part of the world and I don't talk much, I'm not communicative. Love will express itself. It may not be in the words that we're used to, maybe on this side of the world or our culture, but it will be expressed. It will be expressed. The other person on the receiving end will know. Love is being communicated. Genuine love is being communicated to me. And so we have to do that with the Lord if we really love Him. We can't help it actually. That relationship becomes strong and we begin to walk with God really. And we start feeling when He's disgusted, we're disgusted. We don't do the opposite and run with the enemy and say, oh, let's be sorry and sympathize. Let's huddle together and pray. Somebody's off. You need to stay away and pray. Otherwise, you'll be caught up in being disloyal to God into that delusion. It's a very dangerous thing. Walking with God will be blameless. In the end, will be satisfaction. Everything will be at rest. Peace. That is everything that was supposed to come to a conclusion. While we're on the path of peace, in the midst of chaos, we have a light, we have a peace. That the world cannot give and it cannot take away. We will arrive at a final peace where there'll be rest all around. We'll be blazing holy, eternal inheritance of God, living with Him forever. No enemies anymore. All the enemies are put down, and the last enemy is thrown into hell to death. And hell are thrown into the lake of fire. As it says in Revelation, what a blueprint, what an exact revelation God gives. And how these things, when the word of God really helps us to take in perspective what we're going through and how we're supposed to react, what we're supposed to think. And God gives us exactly the blueprint 
of how to navigate successfully on the tide of turbulence in our lives. But the salvation of the righteous is of the Lord. He is their strength in the time of trouble. Amen. Hallelujah. But the salvation of the righteous is of the Lord. He is their strength in the time of trouble. The Lord shall help them and deliver them. He shall deliver them from the wicked and save them because they trust in him. God will come through. Those people who seek for your life and my life, inspired by the devil, want to ruin us. God says their day is coming. Those people who we love, the household of faith or in our physical families or relatives, they're not seeking our destruction. They're just lost. They may act like they're seeking our destruction, but they're just lost. They may gnash, but they're not like these other class of people. They're just lost. They're acting foolish because they're lost. They do have to be accountable because they're making a choice. We can know. God's peace can come to them. As we stay close to God ourselves. That's the ticket. That's the secret. As long as we do what we're supposed to do before the face of the Lord, He will intervene. The moment we step out of bounds and try to help God or do something else and, you know, we're impressed with something to do, we right there stop the work of God. And now, we have to go back and remove the barriers so the work of God can go forward to save our loved ones. This is another scenario where we are walking with God. We're loving. We're, we're making God the priority. And we are even learning that God, like Job, I, I've come to the point, hallelujah, that even if this doesn't happen, you see, it's not that it's not going to happen, but if it should not happen. I want you to know, God, I love you. Though he slay me, yet will I trust in him, Job said. After all the disaster that happened, he lost all his children, almost lost his life and suffered. He, he thought, I, I'd rather die than go through what I'm going through. God came through in a royal way. But in the height of that, he said, even if he slays me, yet I'll trust him. I know him too well. My God is good, no matter what. That situation, we can have power with God. Like Abraham stood up, interceded for his nephew Lot. That man was in the wrong place. Not just wrong place, wrong time. Wrong place, anytime. He was not supposed to be in Sodom and Gomorrah. He could have been lost forever. For all his righteousness, because he needed to get out of there. But he needed help. And Uncle Abraham came, did his part. You know why? Because Abraham was a friend of God. He's very close to God. And God actually let Abraham bargain with him. And God heard his prayer and did rescue Lot. The key verse here, perhaps 
Some people would say Psalm 37 would be verse 4 and verse 5, verses 4 and 5. Key verses. Certainly, that's the essence of everything. Delight yourself in the Lord. Be in love with Him. Say, Father, I love you no matter what, Lord. No matter what they take away. They can't take away my Christianity. My dignity and everything's wrapped up in my relationship with my Father. The Lord Jesus with the Holy Spirit. And God will come through. Hallelujah. God will come through. Praise be to God. Praise the Lord.